Job 2, 28 through 32. After that, I will pour out my spirit upon everyone. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will also pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves. I will give signs in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the Lord's name will be saved. I attended for ch a church for several years that made a big impact on my life. My last Sunday at this church before making a cross-country move, I was feeling kind of sad uh, for a, a variety of complicated reasons. For the two years that I'd attended this church, I'd been mostly a silent participant. I showed up every week to worship and pray and take notes, but I'd barely spoken to anyone. Uh, none of the pastors of the church even knew my name. But this church had nurtured my faith in a profound way. They'd been the first to teach me that God speaks and how to listen for God's voice. It just felt wrong somehow to sort of disappear from such a formative place without anyone even knowing I'd been there. Near the close of the worship service, a member of the church's prayer team got up on the stage. During their time of prayer as a team that morning, he said, they'd had a sense that somebody was present in this church for the last time that day. If this person would stick around after worship, he said, God wanted the prayer team to pray for them and bless them and send them off. Uh, years later, and working in a new job, I was exhausted and overcommitted and struggling to figure out what I should say yes or no to. After this period of private discernment and prayer, I finally felt like I was starting to gain some clarity on where my focus should be. During this period, one night as I was attending a Christian conference, I was randomly assigned to a group of strangers to pray with. In the middle of our prayer time as a group, the man next to me suddenly turned to me and said, I'm getting this sense from the Spirit about what God has designed you to do. This total stranger proceeded to describe with perfect accuracy exactly what I'd been sensing that God was saying to me. The next day, while I was still marveling at this experience, I was contacted out of the blue by a member of my own church. The woman told me that the day before, she'd had a sudden burst of clarity about the work that God was shaping me for. She then described her sense of what God was saying with almost exactly the same words as the stranger had the night before. The very first Christian sermon ever preached was based on the passage from Joel that we read this morning. According to Joel, sometime in the future, a day was going to come when God's Spirit was going to be poured out on everyone. Men, women, young, old, slave, free, they were all going to receive God's Spirit. 
and they would prophesy and dream. Joel himself was a professional prophet. Every generation of ancient Israel had at least a few of these people. Prophets were people with a special, particularly close relationship with God that allowed them to hear God speaking clearly. Prophets would then deliver messages from God to others, especially leaders and kings. Essentially, prophets worked as God's mail carriers. But glimpsing the future through the Spirit, Joel saw that a day was going to come when his job, even his close relationship with God, would no longer be exceptional in any way. Instead of choosing a few strategic people to talk to, God was going to dump God's Spirit all over everyone. Everyone would have a chance to be intimate friends with God. Everyone would be qualified to receive and deliver God's mail. On the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter stands up and announces, the day that Joel predicted has finally arrived. Today, the future begins. I've been on the receiving end of prophetic words from God a number of times in my life. Some of these words were delivered by pastors, some by friends, some by total strangers, one by a student in a class I was teaching. I've also had the privilege of delivering some letters from God. And friends, I have to tell you, this is hands down my favorite part of being a Christian. There is nothing that I know or have experienced that's more fun or life-giving than giving and receiving a message from God. Uh, During a conversation about the many different ways that God's Spirit can empower people to serve each other, uh, Paul says this to his congregation at Corinth. This comes from 1 Corinthians 14, beginning in verse 1. Pursue love and use your ambition to try to get spiritual gifts, but especially so that you might prophesy. This is because those who speak in a tongue don't speak to people but to God. No one understands it. They speak mysteries by the Spirit. But those who prophesy speak to people, building them up and giving them encouragement and comfort. People who speak in a tongue build up themselves. Those who prophesy build up the church. I wish that all of you spoke in tongues, but I would rather that you could prophesy. Those who prophesy are more important than those who speak in tongues, unless they are able to interpret them, so that the church might be built up. Of all the ways that God's Spirit can empower people to serve... Why does Paul recommend that his congregation pursue the gift of prophecy the most? He recommends it because Paul knows from experience exactly how effective this gift is. When someone discovers that God knows the details of their heart and their life and their longings, and that God cares enough to speak directly to them, it's a game changer. The love of God is no longer just an idea to them. It's a vivid, life-altering reality. They find hope where they might not have had it. 
They pray harder and with more faith. They shed false stories that have been holding them back. They become stronger and more courageous. Paul himself was once a persecutor of Christians. His life was forever changed, not only because Jesus once appeared to him in a blinding light as he traveled down the road, but also because a Christian prophet named Ananias showed up at his door a few days later and said to him, listen, Paul, Jesus has sent me. He wants you to know that he was indeed the person that you saw on the road the other day and that he's calling you to go and share his story with the world. A prophet is somebody who sees other people through God's eyes. The job of a prophet isn't to shame or embarrass or condemn anyone. The job of a prophet is to call people forward into their true God-given identity and calling. The job of a prophet is to help others see themselves as God sees them, to show them what they look like through the eyes of love. It's to tell them what they can be and what they will be as they shed the hang-ups of the past and grow upward into Christ's image. Literally every person you meet during a day could benefit from a personal word of hope from a God who knows them and is deeply invested in their lives. In fact, prophecy was one of the most effective evangelistic tools of the early church. Even the church that I mentioned earlier that had made such an impact on my life grew from just a handful of people, a small group, to several thousand people in the space of just a few years. Many of these people, brand new believers in Jesus. And this happened not in the Bible Belt, but in Massachusetts, in the neighborhood of MIT. It was possible because ordinary people started listening for God on behalf of their neighbors, and their neighbors were astounded to discover God actually knew them and cared about them personally. So let me tell you some really good news. If you would like to hear God speak, if you would like to have the privilege of carrying letters from God to others, you already have this capacity. The baseline capacity comes built in with the Holy Spirit. It exists to a greater or lesser extent in all Christians. And Paul clearly states in 1 Corinthians 14, it is a gift that it's possible to pursue and to grow and increase in. So how do you begin? Well, to begin with, recognize that prophecy is not magic or fortune-telling. It's not some special power you gain and then control. It's a gift that is directly tied to your intimate relationship with God. When you prophesy, you are accessing God's mind and God's heart for someone else. And that's only possible when you are deliberately drawing near to God yourself and spending time with God in your own life. You will never be a better prophet than you are a friend of God because that open connection that prophetic knowledge moves along is the connection of your own relationship with God. Second, begin to root yourself deeply in the character of God and specifically in God's love for the people around you. 
Start asking to see the people around you as God sees them. Ask to see not just their flaws, but their true God-given design. Uh, Repent of any judgmental spirit you find clouding your vision. Uh, The one indispensable requirement of prophecy is a genuine love for other people. This genuine love for others is the quality that makes you trustworthy as a messenger of God's words. Third, start listening intentionally on behalf of others. When you're praying for someone this week, uh, rather than just praying for whatever comes to mind based on your knowledge of their life currently, ask God if there's anything the Spirit would like to reveal to you that would help you pray for them better. Each day when you get up, ask if there's anything the Spirit would like you to do, or if God might have a specific word of encouragement for you to deliver to someone else. If a name comes to mind along with some impulse to call them, go ahead and make the call, even if you're not sure exactly why. And if you do have a a sense of something specific to say to them that you feel like might come from God, share that thing with them humbly, and then ask the other person if it resonates or not. You can learn a lot here from both your failures and your successes. Finally, listen for God's voice with others. The times in my life when I've grown the most in my ability to recognize God's voice were the times I was deliberately practicing together with other people. When you practice listening with a few other people, you can actually ask God questions on each other's behalf. Say what you feel like you're hearing from God and then get immediately feed, immediate feedback from them on whether or not what you said resonated. You can also pray together for other people who aren't present and see if what you sense as you listen is the same. During this strange period of COVID-19, my own faith in Jesus is being reignited as I've returned back to this practice of listening to God on behalf of others. God is real and God is near and God has things to say. And the voice of God is life and joy every time it comes. If anything I've said this morning stirs hunger in you, assume that the Spirit is calling you. As people of the future, prophecy is one of our particular gifts. There's no shortage of mail to carry. And you have what you need already to begin listening and learning. I want to pray for you this morning as you contemplate those stirrings. Let's pray. God, I believe that the story of your spirit unleashed, making it possible for people to be carriers of words from you, I believe it not just on the basis of faith, because I've experienced it in ways that have touched and transformed my life. And I believe that the world could be different, that so many of us could know your love more vividly if we leaned into this capacity that you've built into us, if we learned how to listen to you better. So God, I pray this morning for all those listening that you would stir up hunger in them, a hunger that's greater than our uncertainties or fears. 
I, I pray that anything that's blocking us from hearing or seeing you clearly would just fall away. That we would be tuned, deeply tuned to the things that you're saying. I pray for the courage to try and make mistakes and learn. And I pray most of all for the joy, the joy of receiving real living words from you, the joy of being a mail carrier that sees other people come to life as they learn how real and personal your love is. Lord, stir up the spirit of prophecy among us that Joel promised and you, Jesus, have delivered. It's in your name that we pray.